Podcast. It's time for another Rude Issues Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm in the booth today with... Luke. Luke. <laughs> we got Luke. <laughs> I mean, we're laying this one down on a Monday because Tuesday is normally when we lay it down, but that's July 4th, and we're all going to be out celebrating Aspen, celebrating America, hanging out, doing what we do. Yep. Steve had to run down Valley and take care of some business, and Alyssa should be probably... In the air right now, flying to Michigan. Nice. You know, to Family some beach travels. there, but I didn't know Michigan was on the coastline. But wonder, is it warm or cold? Well, no, I mean, I think, you know, the Great Lakes, you know, I imagine they're probably probably tempid, maybe. I wouldn't say yeah. they're warm. I'd probably say they're, it's a pretty big Enjoyable. body of water. But yeah, and they got beaches, you know. You nice. think they were like on, like, you know, Cape Cod or Destin, but they're really out of lake. It's kind of <laughs> crazy, you know. Never been there. Maybe I did. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But anyway, so we're jumping in. Man, we are in the new series. This is week two. Steve brought it to us. Lessons from the Kings. Understanding yes. freedom and our responsibility. And so as we dig in, this week we're going to be looking at what does living after God's own heart look like? He's going to be pulling from First Samuel 13 and First 14 and 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 7, and we'll kind of dig in on those. But I'm going to jump back. I'm just going to jump back to last week. I already told Luke we're going to time travel because Steve is building some lessons here for us. And so I just want to review lessons one, lessons two, and lessons three that we looked at last week. We're not going to jump into them, but they are going to help us connect and understand what we're talking about today. And so lesson one Steve threw out that God and his divine tolerance uses Israel's sin of rejecting him as king to prepare the way for redemption through King Jesus, who is head of the church today, representing his kingdom on earth until he unites all things in heaven and earth together at his return. And that set up and was kind of key on the question of who is our king, you know, because Steve brought this bombshell of a point that Everybody in the world, all governments, all people are looking for a king. God always said, let me be your king, but we continue to search for that earthly human king that can lead us, but that'll never happen. Yeah. Now, lesson two that Steve hit, a little bit of a hot topic, bing, bing, bing button. Partial obedience is not obedience. Jesus is king of our heart when we listen and obey by faith. And so we kicked it around like, you know, what is partial obedience and how do we like not fully live in complete obedience to God and all of us sin and we know that we are fallen creatures that are prone to sin, but we really focused in on what is our heart connection? Are we connected in our heart to God? Are we seeking obedience and are we listening to when he's giving us that correction to guide us back to his heart and then lesson three from last week was healthy people churches and nations are dependent upon the passing down of generational faith where the next generation knows the voice and the heart of god that jesus is king of all and man we we heard from luke a little bit about just his generational story i mean we all run to ancestry.com we all run to things because we want to know our history but i think sometimes we miss that gap on like what is our generational 
faith history? How has faith been passed down to us? You know, maybe you're a first-generation faith person, or maybe there's like a lineage of faith that you haven't even discovered of great-grandparents and great-great-great-great-grandparents who were living in obedience to God, passing that faith on to their children, to their children, to their children. So today, let's jump in. What does living after God's own heart look like? I feel like the first quote that kind of relates to all that you just said is, um, of the 22 nations that appeared over civilization, 19 of them have collapsed when they've reached the moral state the United States is at now. Yeah. Um, And I think that is largely due to the generational generational passing down of faith. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, how do we how do we pass down our faith and how do we spur on faith? Some a question that I have a lot with parents as a youth pastor is I would ask the question like, you know, what is your child's spiritual appetite? Like what are they hungry for? Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, I mean, kids are gonna be kids and they're gonna want video games, they're gonna wanna watch TV, they're gonna wanna watch YouTube, they're gonna be caught up in social media. And we do our best as parents to kind of protect them from all those sources. But are we actually having those conversations like, hey man, what's your spiritual appetite? How much are you listening to your own soul? crave and hunger to worship God, to read his word, to communicate and pray to God, and to live life by the Spirit. Mm. You know, because I think when you can identify that there is this spiritual appetite in us that needs to be fed, that kind of changes things. Do you directly ask, like, your kids per se that question, or do you break it down more into simple questions to kind of get to that? Well, I mean, it kind of depends on age group, right? You know, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, with Ambler, it's like, you know, hey, what you know, what are you reading right now? You know, like, you know, like, you know, I see her having her quiet time. I walk into her room. She's in God's Word. Like, hey, what are you reading? What are you studying? Do you have questions? You know, how is that feeding you might be a question that I ask. You okay. know, like how do you find suffice, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've been kind of visiting the Old Testament and, you know, been kind of hung up and just kind of really digging into the story of Gideon. You know, and and then it's like, wow, you know, like there's so much there. And that feeds my spirit and my soul in the sense of, Maybe I've been feeling a little overwhelmed, like, oh, everything is against me, and I, I'm not going to be able to do this. But then I'm like, wow, get in with 300 men being faithful to God's instruction. Watch all of the enemies of Israel wipe themselves out yeah, because they followed instructions that didn't really make sense. And so yeah. that feeds my soul saying, as long as I stay true to God and follow what he's saying, God is with me. He is for me. And I'm living in relationship with him, so the battle is mine. You know, got the game plan. That's yeah, cool. it's his. And so, yeah, I might break it down. You know, for Bergen, it might just be like, you know, you know, my youngest, like, you know, like, you know, how did you like Sunday school? What did you hear? You know, where, you know, and and really, like as a parent, you can just see, like, okay, my kid's spiraling out of control, an emotional roller coaster, and it could be because they're tired, they're hungry, or it could be because their soul is not at rest. Yeah, and so it might be like picking up one of our children's Bibles and saying, "Hey, tonight, you know, I'm going to read you the Psalms as you go to sleep. You know, I'm just going to feed your soul." Yeah, and so yeah, but it is a spiritual dialogue, a spiritual question of like, you know, what's your spiritual appetite? Are you feeding your soul? Yep. You know? And so First Samuel thirteen 14, we're, we're digging in, and this is the Lord speaking to Saul. And so Saul is king. Israel cried out for a king, and God said, okay, here's Saul. 
Mm. And, you know, we, we, we know that it didn't end well with Saul. No. And this is kind of the start of it, you know. In verse 14 of chapter 13 of 1 Samuel, it says, But now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. The story of David is so, like, yeah. refreshing. Because, yes. like, all of Kings is pretty much just we are learning from everyone's mistakes. And David's yes. kind of like that one, maybe yeah. a little bit of Solomon of, like, yeah. okay, we can see what he did right and yes. copy that, not just what they did wrong, not do that. Totally, yeah. <laughs> like, it gives us a framework of, like, okay, like, you know, David made tons of mistakes. I mean, you know, but yeah. yet he was still known as a man after God's own heart, this relationship with God, you know. And so... That, that would be the question, like, you know, like, what is your relationship with God, and how do you define it? How would you say you define your relationship with God? Yeah, well, I think I was like, I think I got this from you, but looking at it through the lens of there's God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, right? Uh-huh. And so it's slightly different with all of them, but obviously they're all one, so they all relate pretty strongly with each other. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's, I think the hardest one for me is with the Holy Spirit. And I'd say that because that's the one that, you know, touches my, my, I guess my mind and my emotions mm-hmm. most often, yeah. most strongly. And it's the hardest to listen to because when it does talk to you, it's in situations where it feels like it'd be the hardest to listen to it and obey yeah. it. Um, and God, like, I know I, I feel like I know him because of reading scripture. I know his character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that helps me understand who he is and how to, you know, obey him and please him and how he loves me and like yeah. the, the amplitude of all that. Um, and I guess Jesus is an extension kind of in the middle of both of those, but yeah, I'd say it's a, it's a journey. So it's always progressing. It's yeah. not stagnant. Um, it's not where I'd like it to be. I don't know if it'll ever be until, you know, he comes back fully. Yeah. But I'd say it's, uh, it's the attributes of me having a relationship with God, I guess like, it brings so much to my life. And I always say this, like, I don't know what my life would look like without yeah, that relationship. Like, totally. It would be totally different. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing is it, it just brings an immense amount of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it also brings discipline, which brings structure to my life, which I yes. think is a very helpful thing. Um, and it brings purpose, which yeah. is like, I <laughs> don't want to not touch on that because that is, I think what most of my generation does struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What is your purpose? Why are you here? Yeah. And it brings freedom. And I think, you know, what Steve said in the in the sermon is he was like, you know, the, the common understanding of freedom these days is you can go do whatever you want. But that's not really the freedom that you find peace in. Yeah. The freedom that you find peace is in the gospel, right? And knowing, I forgot how we quoted it, but loving God um, and doing what he wants you to do is that yeah. freedom. Yeah, totally. So that's that's huge as well. Yeah. Um, so I think that answers the question, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, like, you know, and, and you know, and I mean, it's like, there's not a cookie cutter. Yeah. Like, you know, when you go to the gospels, when you go to the old Testament and you see people's hearts and their relationships with God, I think the only thing that you can cookie cut is that all those individuals knew and understood that if it's going to go well for them and if it's going to go well for their generations to come, there has to be a knee bent saying that you are my sovereign king. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as David is king over Israel, I believe, like, you know, when we look at his life, his submission to God is what sets him up. 
Yeah. Like he's saying, God, you are my king and I will guide your people through your guidance to me. And then there's that relationship. And so when we look at first Samuel sixteen, seven, this is where kind of David comes into the scene and it's like, you know, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or his height or of his stature because I have rejected him for the Lord sees not as man sees man looks on the outward appearance, but Lord looks on the heart. And this was in the, you know, the roll call of all of Jesse's kids, like who's going to be king, you know, and they're all ruddy and they're super and they're awesome. And they're like, you know, they're like, you know, what is that phrase? A specimen. Uh, All of David's brothers are like specimens, like, you know, like perfect hair. Look at those pecs. Look at that bicep. You know, like they're so strong. Look at the chin. That chin is so strong. You know, and then David was totally forgotten. He was out in the field with the sheep. You know, and so, you know, Samuel's looking at, you know, all these specimens of David's brothers thinking, well, surely that's the king. Like, look at this guy. Like, I can see his face on a coin, you know. (laughs) But it wasn't. It was David. You know, and David was considered small of stature, rudy, rough, around the edges. But David's heart was so connected to God. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're talking about today. Like, you know, what is that heart connection? And for so many people, this can be a struggle. Like, like how do I connect my heart to God? And so we're going to jump in here into what we're looking at is lesson four, because we're building off of the first three from last week. And lesson four tells us this. Real peace and freedom come from being honest with our heart before God, where we are ultimately freed by the gospel to do what we ought to do, not just what we want to do. Yep. That's so huge, being honest with your heart. <clears throat> honest like, with your heart. Okay. So many times we just want to, I guess, you know, counterfeit what, what we think we're thinking. Yes. It kind of goes down this rabbit hole of spiraling, but... People just say, okay, this is what I believe. This is what I want to do. So mm-hmm. I'm going to believe this and I'm yeah. going to, this is true. But you know, deep down they're like, I know it's not true. I know it's not true. <laughs> it's not true. I'm hoping that it's true, you know, but you know, what is our hope in, you know? Yeah. And so, so for me, when I look at this, like that honesty, okay, now, you know, I'm stretching it because it's like not everybody maybe has entered into that, but when you find that person that you just man she's the one or he's the one like this is gonna be the love of my life Mm. it becomes very evident and clear that there is nothing that is not on the table like there has to be full and complete you know openness honestness history you know you gotta you gotta tell it all yeah you know, there's a real estate term for that, like full disclosure. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, the hot water heater, it hadn't worked in like five years, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you got to fully disclose, like the hot water heater didn't work. And over on the back right-hand side of the house, there's this leak, and we have had like billions of dollars thrown at it, and we just can't fix it. There's a little bit of mold in the basement. There's probably some mold in the basement, you know. And so full disclosure, like, you know, when you find that person that you're ready, like this is the one – there's this longing like you you want to be completely known by them so when i think about like you know a man after god's own heart is a person who is saying that you want to fully know god and then you trust that god fully knows you now that's the kicker god already fully knows Mm -hmm. all of our inner thoughts all of our inner struggles all of our our love for him our desire for him but yet we still feel like we need to look at god and say hey can you blink for a second 
because I'm going to do something that I don't want you to see. Yeah. But yet he knows. And so we already have that full disclosure. But there's something in our hearts when we can say, I'm moving into full disclosure with God. I'm going to really just let him know this is my heart. This is what I'm feeling. And then there's this awe and sense of peace as we see that God still accepts us Mm -hmm. through the work of Jesus Christ. And the act of sharing it to God. Yeah. Like that is what, you know, kind of frees your own heart Mm -hmm. because, I mean, a lot of times it's hard for us to comprehend. He already knows everything. So the act of doing that kind of makes it real. No, totally. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's this line from this movie. I can't remember the movie, but there's this line of like, you know, the character is struggling with something and then they finally said it out loud. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, wow, saying it out loud really made it real. Yeah. It made it something tangible. It, you know, it was in my heart. Anymore, it was in my thought. Now it's out here. And so there is this openness with God to be like, God, I'm really struggling. Like, you know, I'm really living in like some fear and anxiety about this or that or this in the future or that in the future. I mean, I think that's what's kind of driven me toward Gideon. Like, you know, looking at like how much God says, I want to be for you in the plans that I have for you. And so can you follow my plan, Chris? And I'm like, yes, I want to follow your plan like Gideon did. But then Gideon was so encouraging because he's like, hey, God, can I ask a favor? <laughs> like, hey, can you show me that we're going to win? Like, I need to know we're going to win. Need some fleece and grass. Yeah, and need some and- fleece, some grass, <laughs> some dew. And it, so it's just this incredible story. But when you look at David, like his only companion next to his sheep was God. Like, all of his prep time. And and when you study the Bible, you see, like, God, how God prepares people. Like, you know, Moses leading Egypt. You know, boom, he gets put into a shepherd's role. He gets thrown out into the wilderness. He's learning how to depend on God because there's no one else to depend on. You know, and then even in Moses' appointment session, he's like, no, 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 God, I I can't do this. I'm poor of speech, God. You know that. You made me poor of speech. (laughs) You know, well, okay, then fine. Your bro's got it. (laughs) Your bro's got it. You know, we'll, we'll work that out. But there's this preparation And I think we miss that sometimes, like when we're in those dry spells, maybe where our heart is unsettled and our spirit isn't being fed, like maybe that is when we need to lean in more to God and say, what do you have for me and how do I follow you and how do I become a person who longs for your heart? Mm. Yeah. You know, there's a really cool quote that goes, uh, God doesn't call the prepared. He prepares the called. Absolutely. It's very yeah. cliche. Yeah, it's very cliche. <laughs> but, I mean, it, but it's true. Yeah. You see it in Scripture. That clicheness came from, like, David was seen as, like, the least in man's eyes of who could be king. Yeah. But yet God's like, no, his heart is connected to my heart. And I think that's one of the biggest uh, bottlenecks of people sharing their faith is the, the sense of they don't feel prepared. Yeah. And... You know, a lot of times I think they're probably right. <laughs> it's like a valid concern. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you understand the gospel, which is really, I don't know if I'll fully understand it, but if you understand it to a point, that's all you need to really share yeah. that. No, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, you think about it. Like, you know, you just have to open your mouth. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's like, you know, like, okay, you may say, well, Chris, I don't know if I've had the full baptism of the Spirit. You know, I don't know. You know, well, unless you open your mouth and allow the spirit to speak from you you'll never know and i mean you hear that more and more in conversations with people like yeah i was giving them all this counsel i don't know where it came from 
you know, and I'm like, okay, yeah. well, that was probably the spirit then, you know, <laughs> because, you know, if you did not know you were that wise, well, that's a great place to be because you opened yourself up to be used by the spirit when you had compassion on a person who was going through something. And then all of a sudden you're just giving this stellar wisdom that is panning out as truth in their life as they apply it. Yeah. And so that's direction from God. Lesson five, as we kind of build off of this, like seeking God's heart, looking for that real peace, and just being open and transparent with God and living out of the gospel, lesson five is seeking God's own heart awakens, unites, and empowers mighty men and women by the kindred Holy Spirit greater than any human tie for advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's like a mouthful. Like that was like I just took like four bites of oatmeal and I never bothered to chew. I mean, my first thought was like, does God have a heart? Yeah. What's going on here? (laughs) Yeah, God's heart awakens our own hearts and empowers us to be mighty men in the partnership that we have with the Holy Spirit. And then it's tighter than any human tie. You know, yep. there's a proverb that talks about, like, you know, the, there's a friend that's closer than a brother, mm-hmm. you know, and brothers can be pretty close. I mean, they can have some rocky soil. That's you know? what makes them close sometimes. Though. Yeah. And then, like, then in their older age, they're like, I got your back. You got my back. There's this tightness. Yeah. And I see that with my own brother. But I love this last line for advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Like, I think we miss that. Like the whole reason our hearts are supposed to be entangled with God and and living out of him in complete openness is that we might live out our mission objective of advancing the kingdom of heaven here on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so there's that purpose aspect. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that purpose aspect can translate over into anything. No matter what your profession is, no matter what your calling is in work and provision for your life, for your family, you are to advance the kingdom of God. And so you're supposed to be a man of character. You're supposed to be a woman of character. You're supposed to be a person who listens to God and seeks counsel for God for any and all the problems you face. Yeah. You know, that's what differentiates, like in my opinion, that's what differentiates like a stagnant relationship with Christ is kind of one just looking forward to his return. Yeah. Versus a life bringing heaven down to earth in the now as much as we possibly can. Totally. Is a life that is kind of, I think, what he meant and wanted us to pursue. Well, absolutely. Know? Like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, like, like, am I supposed to just be like, come, Lord Jesus, come? Yes, my heart longs for that because I know there's going to be peace, there's going to be prosperity, there's going to be compassion, there's going to be love, and, and the new creation and a new body, and, you know, and we're not going to miss anything. But, like, there are still so many people that need to hear the name Jesus. Yeah. You know, and need that opportunity. And so that is my call. That is my mission. Like, how do I shine his light? Now, I can't shine his light if I'm not a person after his own heart. I can't shine his light if I'm, like, hidden up with my secret sins and trying to keep things hidden from God and not really pursuing his heart to guide my life. I'm just going to stumble and fall. Mm. And so there is this transference of, like, when we look at David, like, you know, he had so many incredible ideas for the kingdom of Israel that were either planted by God or God saw in David's heart and said, this man will lead. And then God amplified his vision to see this is the kingdom of God, and it must go forward. Mm. And so 
but it was the heart is attached to God. Yeah. Like David's like, I mean, we get into David and Goliath and like, okay, like little pebble slung at a giant. Like, did God not steer that pebble? Did not God not increase that pebble's impact? Yeah. But it was the faith of David to say, I've killed a lion and a bear. God is for me. This, this, this Philistine, he's nothing. You and I'm know. sure when he killed the lion and the bear, it wasn't just him either. He probably asked for God's help then well, too. Yeah. And that's no. what we're preparing. Yeah, him for and, that and building up and building up and building up. And so for us, there is this like we've got to be connected to the Holy Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. we've got to bridge that gap of like He's with me always. He's in me by covenant. I'm I'm longing to keep the communication lines from my soul, my spirit with God's spirit, and I'm listening and I'm following. Do you ever catch yourself, um, like, dulling the Holy Spirit in a way of, like, you know, kind of almost hitting on mute? Well, am I a person? <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like when you think about the connection of the Holy Spirit, you know, it's like you can listen or you cannot listen. I mean, I'm still a free individual. You know, it's not like he's, like, over overridden my hard drive and now just controls me like a robot. I mean, I've told this story so many times, like— you know, just being in the storage down in Glenwood where we have our church storage two weeks before Easter a couple of years ago, and I'm getting something else from storage, and I'm in this move. Like, I've been to Glenwood. Now I'm hitting storage, but I got to get back up here for a lunch appointment. We got to move, move, move. How fast can Chris get in and out of storage? <laughs> and, you know, I know exactly what I need. I know right where it is. And then the Holy Spirit just prompted me and said, hey, there are the Easter bins. Grab them. And I was like, I'm not here for the Easter bins, Holy Spirit. I'm here for this, and I got to go. Yeah. No, the Easter bins, they're right there. You're like, you know, we label everything really well. Easter bins, Easter bins, Easter bins. There's four of them. Got plenty of room in the church van, but I still left them. And then that afternoon, my coworker, Alyssa, texted me and said, Hey, are those bins for Easter in the Glenwood storage, or are they here at the church? I would love to use some of those crafts on the Sundays before Easter. And I'm just like, dope. <laughs> like right then and there, I know, like Holy Spirit was trying to save me a drive. Yeah. You know, because Alyssa was a little late on her text, not on her fault. You know. How detrimental do you think it can be to not listen to the Holy Spirit? Because that, in that case, you had to get another drive. Well, I had right? to get another drive. I had to just text Alyssa. They're down in Glenwood, but they'll be at the church tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know, because I mean, my job is to provide her what she needs to do her job. Yeah. And so... On a small little thing like that, it's just a prodding of, did I listen? Mm-hmm. So the lesson I got to get from that one is like, I didn't listen. I wasn't fully connected. I need to listen because the Holy Spirit is guiding me for my benefit. Yeah. Right. And to not listen is to say, I don't need your help. Um, to mute the Spirit, I would say, like, you know, in sin issues in my life where I don't listen, I can dull my senses to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is still as loud as ever, still there caring and loving, but I can mute it. I can grieve it in my sin. I can grieve it in my disobedience to God. And all of that gets changed when I say, I need to know God's heart and I need my heart in sync with God. Yeah, when you're honest with it. When I'm honest with God, like, God, I am really struggling. I'm struggling with, you know, bad thoughts. I'm struggling with negativism. I'm struggling with, is this all real? 
you know, coming to God, laying it before him and saying, take this, work in me, I will be obedient. Yeah. And then whatever the Holy Spirit brings, like, hey, Chris, you're going to get up every morning for the next seven days and you're going to journal. Or, hey, Chris, it's time for a water fast. Seven days, no food, just water. Get back in tune with the Spirit and live in dependency on God. Mm-hmm. You know, and it may be different disciplines. Like, I gave up social media because the Holy Spirit's like, stop it. Just yeah. walk away. You know, and the only social media that I really dug into was Instagram. And I love photos, but it was like done. Yeah. Like, no more. No more time wasted on that. That may not be your conviction. That was a conviction that the Holy Spirit led me to. You know, I I don't chew up news. I don't watch Fox. I don't watch CNN. I pick up things when they're relevant in my life. But there's a whole lot that's not relevant in my life yeah. at times. Yep. You know, and so I just try to stay in tune with God. But, yeah, I, I believe, yeah, like, you know, you can grieve it. You can push it aside. You can choose not to listen to it. But I will say, just because I didn't grab the Easter bins and I was like, Holy Spirit, like, you just don't get it. I'm not getting the Easter baskets right now. I'm not getting those bins. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit doesn't come back to me. Yeah. It doesn't continue to guide me because I've still had so many other instances where Holy Spirit showed up and I'm a lot more in tune now, Mm. you know, to those nudges and to that feeling like, Okay, I really wasn't going to grab that, but I'll grab it now. And then maybe it pays out, and you're like, oh, this is why. Or maybe you're like, I have it here. Nobody's asking for it. <laughs> and it's not just about storage. It's about everything, yeah. you know. And so it is. It's leaning into God. is leaning into the Spirit. Yeah, and I like what Steve said at one point. It's like, faith is nothing without it being tested. Well, yeah, you know, but I mean, I'm not going to go run around like, you know, hey, God, I'm testing you right now, you know. But, you know, there are these milestones of like, okay, I heard that. I'm following it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. You know, and then that moves us to lesson six, the last lesson from today's or yesterday's message. And it says, being after God's heart is having him search our heart, being open to conviction, quick to confession with a broken and contrite heart. And so this openness that we're talking about is what allows the Spirit to work. Like when we become prideful, when we become with lacking of humility, and we think we've got it. Like that's like people will be like, how you doing? I'm like, I got this. I'm like, okay, stop saying that, Chris. I don't have this. We have this. God has this, and he's going to lead me through this, you know. You know, and so there is this process of like can we just be open and contrite and say, I screwed up. Can yeah. you know? Can we confess to our children? I'm sorry, I lost it at man camp. <gasps> what? Chris lost it at man camp? Yes, Chris lost it at man camp. And I had to go to this child the next day and be like, "Listen, I just need to apologize to you." And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. You don't apologize to me, Chris. You're, you're you know, no, 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 no. I need to apologize to you. No, no, no. We're good." I'm like, "That's great that we're good, but I need to apologize to you, and I need to tell you when I went off the rails yesterday." That that is not what you're worthy of. You are not worthy of anybody going off the rails. You are more valuable. You are more important. And you did not deserve the disrespect I gave you. And it was a chaotic situation. And I mean, I I didn't like tongue lash this kid or anything like that. I was just like, you know, you know, raise my voice like y'all need to stand down. I have this situation. Right. But I totally felt God like, hey, you need to go talk to him. Looking back at my life, I think the biggest moments that I've been, uh, I guess, most teachable 
have been those moments of where either I'm in a place of humility yes. or someone else comes to me in a place of humility. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah. I'm inspired from that and I'm mm-hmm. going to apply that to my life. Yeah. Because when someone's just always above you and you can see they're messing up and they're not apologizing for it, 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 it takes the genuineness away yeah. from what they're you know doing. So, And I mean, cool. it even starts with like, you know, if you ask for something and somebody c- complies and gets it to you, a thanks. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, because that's a, that's a sign of humility. Like, I sent a text to you, you replied quickly to my text, and you gave me the information you wanted. Like, there's a sense of humility in just being able to say, hey, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think we miss that because we get so caught up in our own busyness. Yeah. And then when we get so caught up in our own busyness and our need for things, we miss this point about having a quick, responsive heart to our sin, to confess to God, to go into realignment with him. That's awesome. You know, and so if you get our weekly email, I'll pull this up and I'll mention it in our next podcast, but Steve is putting all of his sermon notes out on his blog page. If you go to our website, ccaspen.com, you can find Steve's blog page at the very bottom and you can pull up the notes because there are so many vo- verses. You know, it's like, you know, if you were in one of those audible books in First Samuel 28 and Second Samuel 11 through 12 and Psalm 51, you know, you're just like, whoa, there's a lot of verses. I can't write all those down. But, you know, so go to ccaspen.com. Scroll down to the bottom, you'll see the Steve Woodrow blog page, and there you can get his sermon notes, you can get the, the lessons he's teaching, and you can get all the verses that will guide you through the process. And so don't think you don't need it, because we all need it. We need to go to God's Word to get our hearts realigned with God so that we can live in unity with the Spirit, and we can live with purpose and vision for our lives, for the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Thanks so much for listening to this Root Issues podcast. We hope this midweek jolted you to think about that heart relationship with God and would people say that you are a man or a woman after God's own heart. If you have any questions, just reach out to us at rootissues at ccaspen.com. And until next week, have a great one. Surface. People up there, they get